Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Are you ready to learn the keys to copywriting success? My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 20 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. My co-host Kate Sitars and I, along with the rest of the Filthy Rich Writer team, are sharing everything we've learned in our decades in the industry so that you can start and scale a successful copywriting business of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast. Hello, Kate. Hello. 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 Those extra hellos today. Which I appreciated it. It's been a long week. I needed those extra hellos. Um, Today, we are going to dig into worries. Worries that many, many, especially new copywriters have. But here's the good news. These are things that you don't need to worry about. So as we go down this list, just cross them off, Mm -hmm. put them out of your head. And as we go, of course, we'll explain why you don't need to worry about them. But hopefully, if you have been getting in your own head as you've been starting to build up your career and or starting to talk with clients, starting to work with clients, if this stuff has has been coming up for you, we're going to get rid of it today. Yep. And if it does start to notice when these thoughts do take a minute, say, that's my brain. That's not factually accurate. These are not the facts. This is not reality. And mm-hmm. then take action on things that will move your career forward. That's, exactly. that's the secret with all of these is to redirect that energy, that worry to being productive. Yes. Whether that's working on your portfolio, working on spec pieces, writing for clients, if you are writing for clients, whatever, something that's going to be meaningful, mm-hmm. which as we all know, worries are <laughs> wasted emotion, as my wasted dad likes emotion. to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. First one, the worry that your client or potential client is going to ask to see your copywriting certificate or going to ask if you got a degree in copywriting mm-hmm. or marketing or something like that. Don't worry you don't about it. it. <laughs> We Definitely. sound very cavalier about yeah. it, but it's it's 
as CCA students know, a, a certification is is really bogus when it comes to copywriting. I, there are certain certifications. Yes, if you want to be a pilot, I would love if someone would certify you and be sure that you know how to operate that aircraft uh, or a bus. I would be terrible at driving a bus. But when it comes to copywriting, your portfolio is proof that you can write. It shows versus tells. A certificate just says you took some classes, maybe. maybe. A certificate only means that you paid for something. Mm-hmm. There are so many certificates out there that there isn't even any testing involved. You just mm-hmm. give them money. And the thing is, is that clients understand that. Creative directors understand that. Marketing directors understand that. A copy, which is one of the reasons why we have been so adamant about not offering a certificate Mm -hmm. as part of the Comprehensive Copywriting Academy. Like, could we have just to placate people? Sure, we could have designed a real pretty certificate, Mm -hmm. but it means nothing. And worse than that, when you try to put emphasis on, well, I've got a certificate, it makes you look like you don't know what you're doing because professionals know that a certificate in copywriting means nothing. It puts the emphasis on the exact wrong thing. When to Kate's point, what you should be focusing on is the work in your portfolio, whether it's spec pieces or whether it's work that you've done for your clients, that the proof is in the pudding Mm -hmm. that demonstrates that you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And your portfolio itself, having one in the first place, which many would be copywriters, don't. Uh, And then even if they do, some don't put pieces in it. So it might look very pretty and they might offer, you know, here's all the packages and service. But if I can't see your work, I can write a testimonial. I, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And, and taking time to make sure your portfolio also reflects your best writing as well. Obviously, if someone comes to your portfolio and they read that headline, it should be a very engaging, benefit-driven headline because that's your copy as well. That's demonstration that you could write copy for yourself and know how to write towards your target audience, which is prospective clients. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and then on not the other side of the coin, but a similar coin in the same coin purse, um, the idea of a degree in copywriting or a degree mm-hmm. in marketing or anything like that. It's it, now in this case, of course, degrees are valuable. Great. However, when it comes to copywriting, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You, you could have a degree in animal husbandry and it wouldn't matter. It's your, your background does not factor into your ability to write copy, except for the fact that you've got training in copywriting. That, of course, matters. But it's back to that idea of, of the proof is in the pudding. What matters is what's in your portfolio. What matters is that you write great copy and you can demonstrate that. Clients don't care about if you have a degree. They don't care if you have a degree, what that degree is in. They don't care. They just mm-hmm. want to know that you can write good copy for them. That's all that matters. Yep. We support education. Don't get us wrong. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we provide education. We We're all about it. All However, about it. Um, the clients don't care when it comes to, yep. when it comes to working with them. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the next worry, which I think all of these are equally worrisome to people and anxiety inducing, which is 
there are going to be too many copywriters. There are too many copywriters in this world and there's no space for me to make a The living. market will be flooded yes. with copywriters. So many copywriters. Here's something. I, I always find this amusing that nobody says that about like doctors or veterinarians or lawyers lawyers or, or bus drivers, bus drivers or anything yeah. like that any kind of career but it's only when it's something that you care about that you're like no there's going to be too many it's going to be too much competition um i think it comes from though if you're interested in copywriting you found this obviously the internet algorithms and powers that be know you're interested in copywriting so if you've searched on an instagram you Facebook, whatever, you're going to see more of that content. So then you mm -hmm. see five copywriters, you think, oh my gosh, five copywriters. And it feels like so many people are doing this. Yes. But that's yes. not actually the case. Again, exactly. not facts. It's our brains not understanding and processing. It's not even our brains. It's the internet being amazing. I mean, it is our brains, well, but yes, our, the yeah. internet being amazing. Sure, How many yeah. times do we hear students being like, ever since I ever since I signed up for your course or ever since I started following you on Instagram, all that I see is copy, copywriting, copywriters, and other people who like, yeah, of course. That's literally how all of these websites work, how the internet works. The internet, but like, Instagram, Facebook, Google, all of stuff, it's you have demonstrated interest in copywriting. So they're going to send you all of the copywriting stuff that you could possibly handle until they notice mm -hmm. that you start looking at boots. And then they're gonna send you a whole bunch of anyway. Um but <laughs> lots so lots of ads for boots. Yes. Lots of ads for boots. Um, but so do keep that in mind. But also, no, the the uh, first of all, we've already covered the fact that. You can't get, you can't major in copywriting in school, mm -hmm. which it just blows my mind that it's good for our business. Uh, yeah. Amazing that it's, that it's the fact, but, um, but so people who are becoming copywriters are finding programs like ours and are building their careers from there. So it's not like you have colleges pumping students out into the world, um, and on top of that, the opportunities for copywriters are mind-boggling, absolutely mind-boggling. We'll link to it in our in our show notes or in the episode description for those watching on YouTube. But we have a whole episode about it, and I we always forget the number, but it's something like what three hundred fifty thousand new companies every month, or something like that. Five hundred, five hundred, okay, 000. even more. Yes. And then it's something ridiculous, like over thirty million companies that you, you know exist, plus nonprofits on top of that. I think it's several mm -hmm. more million. So it just you can't even fathom. I know I can't. The, what that looks like. I, I actually thought about it the other day. I was looking on Google in a smaller area that I visited and I'm looking at all of these businesses. I'm like, wow, their population's got to be like five, 10,000 people, not a big, not a big area. And there's so many businesses and we don't question that it can support multiple restaurants and multiple uh, dry cleaners and multiple, and there's room for that. So I'm sure of that town of 10,000, there's room for a few copywriters potentially, or, you know, someone to pitch those companies. So there's just, there's, there's so much opportunity. So much opportunity. And there's and the thing is, too, is that when you're like, oh, the market's going to be flooded with copywriters. No, there are so few skilled copywriters out there. There are not enough. And even, even you know, we bring in new students and we're training new students all the time. We couldn't even be 
begin to do a, to put any kind of dent in the need for Mm -hmm. good copywriters. Every company, every organization needs messaging. Like, yes, we've said before, not every single one of them is going to purchase it, is going to hire a copywriter, not, um, and, you know, maybe not, not, they're not all in your language or whatever. When you think that to be a, if if you want to be a full-time freelance copywriter and make, you know, if you want to make six figures, make six figures, you only need four or five, maybe six clients a month. And a lot of those mm-hmm. are going to roll over from Repeat. month to month. And mm-hmm. if you want to be a full-time on-staff copywriter, you just need one job. So mm-hmm. the, the opportunity is completely massive and there's absolutely no way that the market is going to be flooded. And the thing too is that companies are getting more and more savvy. So they are, there's, there's so much more business training for companies as a whole, you know, mm-hmm. whereas 50 years ago the mom and pop laundromat would have just been like, well, we're just going to do our, now that mom and pop laundromat is logging in and watching videos from business coaches. So these companies, even the small ones are getting more and more savvy about the need to market themselves effectively mm-hmm. and to have effective marketing. The mm-hmm. need for skilled copywriters, not the people who are like, well, I just like to write. And so I'm going to write copy. Um, I know I've so many business owner friends who are like, they, we keep getting pitched by people who don't know what they're doing. Um, or we keep getting, you know, people writing in being like, Hey, can I write for you? Um, the need for skilled copywriters is massive and it's only going to grow. So mm-hmm. no, the market is not going to be flooded with copywriters. No. And this kind of ties to one of our, oh, I'm going to jump ahead, but it, it's related to the fact that a lot of people worry, oh, if I want to get a non-staff job, they already have a copywriter, or I want to freelance for this company and they already have a copywriter. There are so many companies that need multiple copywriters. We have so many students that have been able, I love it when people in the group connect and are like, I brought on so-and-so to help me with this overflow work. I brought this person into this agency because we were hiring another copywriter, contracting out work, whatever it is. There's so many companies and organizations that need one, two, three, four, five copy, like a whole copy team. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is a real thing. So it's not just one person to one company necessarily. It's several, several people to, to a company. Um, Mm -hmm. We've both worked in those situations. Uh, It's not uncommon, not uncommon. And the other thing is too, no one thinks about, you know, uh, there's so many people that grow out of careers or grow up in a career in the sense of like, uh, as copywriters, you know, there are copywriters that might become creative directors. And then there's that, there's always that need to backfill people, retiring people, moving on, switching within their field or whatever it is. So it's just like any other career where that happens and there's movement and there's always going to be more. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Okay. So similar to this last one, I feel like we get the, are there going to be too many copywriters? This is another one that I feel like we get on our posts. You can tell people are just up in the middle of the night worrying about things. Um, And so let us help you get back to sleep. Uh, Is, is AI taking over? Are the, the robots taking over? Are they going to, everything now is just going to be written by written by artificial intelligence, there'll be no more need for copywriters. Um, No. Don't worry about it. I always think of, uh, I'm going to give credit to our CCA student, Dorothy, who had a fabulous response, and I'm going to paraphrase it much less eloquently than she did. But 
the day, I think she said something to the effect of like the day that robots and AI can empathize with a human and really understand their challenges and worries and fears and whatnot is the day she'll be concerned that AI is going to take over because it's not just the writing. Before you start writing anything, you're making a human to human relationship and having a conversation and having a deeper understanding of what their actual need is. Mm-hmm. And that's not something AI is capable of. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and you know, it, AI can configure things based on formulas and based on algorithms. So they can put together a sentence based on computer learning. But fundamentally, you cannot teach a computer to be creative. It cannot create something that makes sense because that's not a trait that you can teach. Like you can't teach computers emotions. You, you can teach it how to mimic emotions, but even with creativity, if you try to teach them to mimic creativity, you, you get gobbledygook. And that creativity, that synthesizing of the, the needs and the wants of, of a consumer with the company, like there's too much creativity involved for AI to take over. Now, yes, can they craft sentences? Sure. You know, can they craft uh, click here to buy this versus, you know, I don't know, something else. Um, <laughs> copywriter can't come up with a sentence. Um, Sign up for the newsletter. Exactly. Uh, absolutely. And then they can test it. They can, they can, they can configure sentences. And even to some degree, they can configure blog posts, which unfortunately, again, is another reason why content, content is such a churn and burn industry. But often though, people have to go through and make sure that it all makes sense, but they cannot create. And that is something that we can do. So yeah, our company is going to use AI to generate some copy. Uh, well, big companies, if they've bought the AI, but they're not, I mean, your average company is not going to be investing in AI. Um, but sure, I'm sure they will. I'm 100% positive that plenty of companies will, if, if that's an easier way to generate, you know, lines of copy or blog posts or anything like that. Yeah. Absolutely. However, for the copywriting projects that actually matter, they will not be able to rely on AI and they will never be able to rely on AI and they will still need to hire us. Mm-hmm. So it's, is AI going to take over? No, it, it fundamentally can't. It is unable to, unless we're, you know, looking at a situation where AI develops emotions and creativity. We get bigger problems at that point. (laughs) Forget about jobs at that point. We're going to be. Yeah. We're looking at like a Terminator situation. Yeah. So until then, don't worry about it. Yeah. 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 Which I know you mentioned creativity. So again, we have a list that we're looking at just Mm. in case Mm -hmm. I'm curious, but that's why I'm like, I'm jumping ahead for you. It's, it makes sense, but creativity, that's another worry. I think copywriters have uh, a lot of, because the word creativity, they think I have to be clever. I have to be witty. I have to be funny. And that's not what we mean when we say creativity. When we say creativity, we mean coming up with concepts and brainstorming ideas Mm -hmm. and different angles to approach the challenge that you're solving with the creative brief. And so again, creative brief in the name, you're like, Oh, creative, not being 
collaborate unless unless that's what the project warrants. But there are many, many, many brands where it's not a funny brand voice or the audience isn't going to respond to a clever pun as much as I love a pun. I feel like that'd be a great place to insert a pun we did not plan ahead. Um, know, yeah. yeah, the vast majority of work that you're going to do is not going to be funny or clever or so quite frankly, when you do get a project like that, it's, it's a unique and fun challenge if you want that unique and fun challenge. But the vast majority, and when you look out into the world too, you know, you notice, maybe you notice a funny one or you notice, a, but there's so much copy around us. Most of the emails, websites, billboards, banner ads, packaging, the vast majority is not quote unquote clever or funny or, but it's all creative because it synthesized the client request and the, the business need with the wants and desires of the target audience and then synthesize that with the brand style and synthesize that with what kinds of words are going to evoke emotion and get that target audience to take action. That's what copywriting is all about. That's what being creative means. It does mm -hmm. not equate to funny or clever or, or punny. Sometimes, sometimes, yes. When it is, it's not even effective. The one I've referenced this on another episode, so but it's what's coming to mind. The ad about uh, New York City, this the, the city was hiring for snow removal workers. And it was like, you know, the Statue of Liberty with a, a flame torch. And it was like, New York has everything besides flamethrowers or something like that. And it's like, hmm, that's cute and clever, but not effective and not related to the mm -hmm. what they needed to do. It's yeah. so... And then at that point, it's, is it clever then if it doesn't answer the brief? No, I would argue it's not. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Here is another one that people tend to worry about unnecessarily. Uh, and that me that is getting on a call with a client or meeting with a client. Usually it's going to be call or Zoom, especially nowadays, but maybe, you know, maybe you'll go down and meet with them in their office. Um, but a lot of people get very, very nervous about this. And I think what they forget is that any call or any meeting has a purpose. You know, it's not like you're going to, and, and there, and with, as such, there are certain things that you need to accomplish and certain questions that you need to ask. So it's not like you are going to get on a call or get into a meeting and have to perform. That's not how it works. You know, if Dance. you are, stunts for me, copywriter. Yeah. Um, if, or write for me. Write for me in this moment. Um, that, that won't happen. Um, you will you will have a plan for any interaction that you have with the client. You know, if you're getting on, say you're getting on an input call, right? A kickoff call. You have, um, your client has decided to work with you and now you're going to be talking to your client about the project. Okay, great. You're going to have a whole list of questions to ask that client about the project so that you understand exactly what you're going to have to write when it's time to sit down and write. And same thing with, you know, creative review calls when you're taking the client through what you've done. And actually, frankly, same thing with that initial discovery call with the client. You're going to have questions that you want to ask them. And is the client going to ask you questions? Yes, very likely. But they're asking questions to you about the work. And so you'll be able to answer those questions. Mm -hmm. So the, I know a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to get like a call with a stranger. Yeah. 
but it's, I mean, everybody's a stranger until you get to know them. Um, sounds very Sesame Street, but it's true. Uh, it's, it's when you're getting on a call with a potential client if for, for a discovery call, that's a client that's interested in hiring you. So it's not like you're a stranger. You're just having a conversation about the project. Don't make these. And then also, too, don't go into it like, I have to be perfect on this. Just go into it as a conversation to see whether or not whether or not it's a good fit for both of you. And just relax a little bit as you're heading into these calls because they're not life and death. and They're not make or break. They're just conversations with other human beings. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking, wait, but Nikki, what if I don't know the answer to a question? What if they ask me a question? I really just don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. You're going to lie, right? Definitely lie. No, no, <laughs> no lies. <laughs> Again, you're going to know anything that they ask you, you're, you'll likely know the answer to. If you don't, you can say, hey, let me, I'm going to write that down. Let me, let me think on that for a minute and I'll get back to you if it's something that requires maybe a little more thought. If they're asking you something that uses a term that maybe you're unfamiliar with, you can always say, hey, I, you just mentioned something. Uh, what what was that again? Can you repeat what you were saying? Um, sometimes people have internal language that doesn't match up to other people's internal language or other you know common words out in the world. Like I think of uh, the snippet for a subject line. Some people call it a preheader. Those words don't even sound at all similar. It's okay mm-hmm. to not to 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 ask ask questions back. Exactly, and it's likely too when you say when you say I'm sorry, well, uh, you just mentioned this. I'm I'm not actually I don't think I'm familiar with that term. What what do you mean there? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen is likely they will define it. And you'll go oh all right, oh okay. I've heard of that as X Y Z or oh mm-hmm. so yeah don't be afraid to ask questions. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what? I'm not sure. Let me get back to you on that mm-hmm. or anything. And then get back to them, lines. of course. But yes. but you you don't have to, you're not a, a trained monkey. You don't have to perform mm-hmm. on the call. So if there's anything that you don't have that information at your fingertips, great, get back to them. This mm-hmm. is not, again, this is not make or break. Everything has to happen in this call. Um, now, Similarly, pricing doesn't have to happen on the call, pricing. which I know people worry about of like, oh, am I, if I don't quote it right then and there, is that going to be me taking too long and they're going to move on and not hire me? No, no one, if you have a quote and you've talked about the project and you, that you thought you were going to talk about and everything kind of went according to plan, great. If you want to, great. Nine times out of 10, I would say, if not 99 out of 100 for me, it's, okay, I got more information. I'm going to take a little bit more time with this quote and really understand, oh, there's going to be a couple more meetings. Let me, let me price this out a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The client, I'm sure will ask you, not I'm sure, but often the client will ask you on the call how much it's going to cost them, but you don't have to answer them on that call. Mm-hmm. Very simply, if this client says, okay, you know what, what do you think this is, what is this going to look how much is this going to be? Or what, what is this going to cost? All you have to say is, that's a great question. I took a lot of notes in the call, so I want to take a little bit of time to synthesize these after the call and just make sure I have everything covered. So I'm going to send you that quote by end of day today. Does that work for you? 
they're always going to say yes. No client mm-hmm. needs a quote at this moment. And, and they're going to be happy They're you're taking the proper time to do it and not just toss them out a number at them willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And as long as you tell them when they can expect it by, and as long as that is a reasonable time frame, you mm-hmm. know, if they say, well, when can I, you know, if it's Monday and they say, when can I, when, when can I know what this is going to cost? Don't wait till Friday to get it to them. That's absurd. You, that says very bad things about your your prioritization and your like. How long does it take to put together a quote? Quite frankly, let's be honest. It should probably take no more than twenty minutes to put together a quote. But give yourself a little bit of wiggle room. So usually, if I'm taking a call in, during the daytime hours which I guess it would all be during the daytime hours. I guess what I mean is anytime before late afternoon, I will say, I'll get that to you by end of day. Or mm-hmm. if it's like a late afternoon call and I don't want to have to do that that evening, I might say, you know, I'll get it to you by 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. It'll be in your inbox by 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. You want to be, you want to be timely and you want to respect their time too. This is information that they need in order mm-hmm. to move And the longer that you take to get them that information, the longer it will take before you can start this work and before extrapolating, before you can get paid. paid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Another thing that people worry about is what if clients ask me, do I have experience doing something that I I don't have experience? Mm -hmm. Um, This is another one of those. Well, I I don't, I actually don't have the answer for this. Well, you do. I mean, if a client asks you if you have experience in something that you don't have experience in, this is another one of those like, well, what are you going to do? You're not going to lie to a client. So if a client asks you if you have experience doing something, you don't have that specific experience, all you have to do is say, well, no, I actually don't have a specific experience in that. However, this is very similar to Mm-hmm. And then talk about something else that you have experience in because you and I, and I'm saying you and I as if talking to every single listener, um, all of us know that the, the fundamental principles of copywriting are the same. They ab- there are absolutely things that change from medium to medium. Absolutely. Or industry to industry, industry. little nuances. Yeah. Certainly. But, brand voice to brand voice. Yes. But the the principles are very, very similar. So in each project, they're asking if you have specific experience doing X, Y, Z. Again, say, you know, no, I don't. But then talk about other projects that you worked on that have had similar challenges or similar opportunities or something along those lines. There will be something that you have done before that you can relate this to. Even -hmm. even if it's a spec project, you could say, oh, well, you know, I I haven't done that specifically yet. But, you know, I worked on this project where the goal was to X, Y, Z. And the way I approached it was X, Y, Z. All a client is looking to know, I mean, yes, there will be some clients that are like, no, we absolutely require that you have automotive copywriting experience. They're like one out of a thousand Mm -hmm. clients like that. Um, And usually that's just because someone three levels up said, make sure they have automotive experience, which, yeah, because, yeah, they don't know what else to ask for. Um, But the vast majority of the time, if you can connect this thing that they're asking about to something else that you've done, they're going to be totally fine with that. Mm -hmm. They just need to know that you think things through and they want to know how you approach things. And that strategy, that insight is going to be enough for them. So don't Mm -hmm. worry about it. 
Yeah. No. Happens to me all the time where it's like the brand, you know, the, um, I think there was a, I want to say healthcare, health sciences before I'd done anything in that field and completely unrelated to anything else I had ever done. But I was like, Ooh, this other brand I worked with had a very similar, very similar tone, very similar brand voice. So I was like, Hey, here, this sounds very similar to your brand voice. I know it's a different industry. Uh, and then talking to Nikki's point about the challenge, what was the challenge you solved in that medium or vice versa? Hey, have you ever written a, um, obviously we all have to write the first of whatever it is we write at some point. And we don't have spec pieces for every single medium ever. And I think this was a webinar or something like that. And it was the same thing of like, no, I've never done a webinar, but here's this other medium I did that had a very similar challenge or mm -hmm. again, voice, or maybe it was the similar industry, mm -hmm. whatever, but you have all of these different elements that you can kind of pick and choose from to say, what, what is the most, what yeah. is the most relevant? Yeah, exactly. Even similar, similar end goal, you know, now, well, mm -hmm. no, I haven't, I haven't written a webinar, but I have written the sales page. And for both of these, we're bringing a client through and we're bringing a potential mm -hmm. client through and nurturing them and getting them to the point where they're just absolutely dying to make this purchase. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's not nearly as hard as, as we want to make it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one of the last ones is, I say one up because I think it is the last one on our list, but having clients that want you to have a certain amount of experience, whether that's five years of experience or again, similar to this experience in their specific field, uh, or they want to, you're worried because you don't have your resume on your website and it's not the best world's best resume. First of all, you don't need a resume on your copywriting portfolio. No. Your work is your resume. Yeah. Uh, most copywriters, frankly, don't even need a resume unless they're applying for a full-time job. Um, a lot of freelance, I don't think I've, I've used one in the past 10 years probably. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but clients are asking for experience because they want someone who knows how to write copy. They want someone who can come in that they are not training and they want work taken off their plate. They don't want work onto their plate. So when they say experience, know that, and again, to Nikki's point, you know, yes, one out of many, many, many clients is going to want, yes, you don't have two or three years or whatever it is that they're looking for. But a lot of clients are going to look past that if you have your portfolio and you have demonstrated that you know how to do the job. Mm -hmm, exactly. Um, in an interview we did, uh, we'll have to link it in the show notes with um, one of our students, Mike. He described mm. the the qualifications as a wish list from a company. And I think that's a really good way to think yep. about it. Like, yeah, it'd be great if you had two to three years. Like, But to Kate's point too, they're putting two to three years, but it could as, if they put zero to two years, all they would get is people who had zero experience and their mm -hmm. inboxes would be flooded with crud. Um, and also bear in mind too, that you guys are our, our CCA students. You guys are doing concentrated levels of learning and practice, um, which is not the same, it, you know, a, a junior copywriter on staff, a fresh out of school, you know, very little, just there to learn junior copywriter is probably doing very little actual copywriting. They are doing, maybe they're adding a line or two. Maybe they're doing, they're doing the grunt work. Um, and so they're not, they're actually not doing a lot of like copywriting practice and writing and learning. So the eight, two years as a, a junior copywriter 
could equate to like, or I should say just two years of experience as a copywriter could equate to like three or four months of work in the CCA where you are focused and you're learning and you're practicing and you're getting feedback and you're giving feedback and you are building your website, which means writing your website. It's the two are not, we're, we're talking, we're not talking apples and apples. We're talking apples and oranges here. So don't be, don't be put off by, by these requirements Think of them as a wish list. And also, too, what's the worst that can happen if you apply for something? They don't get back to you? Okay, well, big deal. Nobody's going to send you back a note and say, we said three years. You're a fool and a failure. Go back to where you came from. No, like... The worst that's going to happen is either you're not going to hear anything, probably because they got flooded with with resumes, um, which is one of the reasons our students know not to apply through the websites, um, or the, you'll get a very nice letter saying, "Yo, oh, thank you, but you're you're not the right fit." Okay, big deal. On to the next one. As we were saying earlier, the opportunity is massive, so don't. Uh, don't, don't narrow your opportunities unnecessarily, right? There's so many opportunity. There's so many ways that, that we can, we can cut ourselves off at the knee. You know, if you're going through and you're, you're looking at, um, you have a, you know, one of those job posting emails coming through and every day you're looking and going, Oh, they're all looking for two to three years. That's not going to be me for another, you know, half a year or a year. And this is, Oh gosh, you, you are, taking all of these opportunities off of your table when you don't need to be, you know, and, and same thing with the, well, I'm not going to apply for this because I don't have experience in this, or I'm not going to reach out to this client because they already have copywriters, or I'm not going to reach out to this client because they, their website is already really good. So what could they need me for? You know, you have no idea what, what, what projects are going on in the background. Don't, don't unnecessarily narrow your opportunities. There's no point in doing that. Okay. So we have covered a lot in this episode and, uh, quite frankly, it's probably likely at least a few things have crossed your mind and made you a little bit concerned. Um, and it's not that we're saying that, that the emotions aren't valid, right? When you're starting something new, all kinds of hesitation and self-doubt is going to come up. Um, you know, in, a, in the CCA course, we have whole courses dedicated to helping you take action, helping you get over doubt and, and that kind of thing, um, because it's, come, it's going to come up, but you can work through it. And the best way to get through any doubt is taking action the way not to get through any doubt or concerns is to spend time perseverating on it, worrying about it. Worrying doesn't, doesn't get you anywhere. It just keeps you in this spiral of worrying. And to Kate's point from earlier, there's a lot of energy in there and energy is so valuable. So instead of letting your energy cycle through in this little whirl of worry, Take that energy and focus it on things that you can control, like building your website, like practicing your copywriting skills, like, you know, going through our, our, our um, client calls course and practicing there, uh, 
focus it on pitching clients. If you're worried about one client, you know what a really easy way or hearing back from one client, a really easy way to make that matter a lot less is to pitch a whole bunch of other clients so you have a whole bunch of other calls lined up. So there's a lot you could concern yourself with and so very little that you actually need to, so very little. Um, So we hope that this has helped a little bit, maybe calmed some concerns uh, because you, you can do this and don't make it harder than it is. You can do this. And of course, we will catch you in the next episode. Bye everybody. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast so you never miss any copywriting tips, tools, or tactics. And if you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.